Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Breakaway! Hello and welcome to episode 70 of Tendy Talk, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the BLPA Podcast Networks. I am your host Joe, better known as Wash Up Goalie on social media. This week, I had two interviews lined up, but life got in the way and both needed to be pushed out. In a pinch, I reached out to a goalie I've been wanting to have on the podcast, but just haven't reached out to, Sean Himmelberger. Sean is a goalie I've played against a lot in the Minnesota Wild Adult Hockey League over at the Super Rink, not to mention some SodaStick.com sponsored tournaments. Sean and I have an appreciation for each other's older style of play and can oftentimes be heard cheering on the other's big save. So, without further ado, let's get to the conversation with Sean. Well, Sean, thanks for joining me on the podcast. It's uh, good to see and talk to you again. Yeah, you too, for sure. Yeah, haven't seen each other as much uh, the last two years since uh, the, my team decided to take the winter and fall season off. Oh, you guys did? Yeah, well, we took the uh, la- last winter season off because... Oh, that's they, right. Yeah, they, they had the mask mandate and... Um, my teammates decided they didn't have a problem with the mask mandate. They didn't think they had the physical fitness to skate with the mask on. And I was looking at them going, you're almost all firefighters. Do you see the irony in this? And they're going, yeah, we we do. Um, And then in the fall, we were all set to sign up and then things started shutting down and they thought the mask mandate on the ice was going to come back. So they, they opted out of the fall, but now we're back. It's, uh, yeah, um, yeah, cleaning up in here a little bit. Um, I found the mask that I was wearing on over my helmet for a while, or that little one in front. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I've kept that darn thing in my bag just in case. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Actually, my kids were excited. Today was the last day they had to wear their mask in school uh, starting Tuesday after the uh, long four-day weekend they have. They, they don't have to wear them in school, so they're pretty excited. That's good. Yeah, our kids, I think they've been out for a little bit. Different school district? or Yeah. Or what yeah, school district are you in? We're we're in the Matamidi school district, so they. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so I mean, they, they've been in in person a lot longer than most schools, but uh, the masks have been on there. And <laughs> you know, you, you ask a couple uh, teenage kids to wear masks that long, and it's bad enough they have acne, but it just leads to even worse <laughs> in certain areas. <laughs> so. Okay, I can see I'm already having internet issues. I think the kid, the boy, is trying to play some video games. So we'll we'll, we'll uh, soldier through here. Freeze up for you? What was that? Did I freeze up for you? Yeah, you did. Yeah, I, I didn't uh. know if it was my son trying to play uh, video games online <laughs> or what. <laughs> Could have been the same thing here. It's about that time. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I try and tell my son, uh, hey, I, I got a podcast tonight. Uh, try not to go online, but uh, that doesn't always work out. Last I saw him, he had the Oculus on. Mm. <laughs> so how did you get started in the game of hockey? Not even goalie, but how, how did you get started? Um, <clears throat> well, I got started uh, playing in Bemidji, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even remember. I, I don't even know if I had a choice. I think my mom was just looking for a way to get me out of the house and get some of my energy out. I must've been five or six. I think I was starting kindergarten and said, here, go do this. And they gave me a stick and, and, uh, you know, all the equipment. And I just went out there and I figured it out. Oh, actually, no, let me take a step back. This is kind of weird. I learned how to skate in, uh, I want to say Dallas, Texas. Really? Yeah. I was at some hotel down there. I'm pretty sure. Or some, I don't remember. I must've been four or five. We were stuck there. My dad, uh, used to have a cattle farm, cattle ranch, whatever. And, uh, there was a livestock show there and we were there for a couple of days and there was some general skating rink there. And of course they were looking for something for me to do and said, here, here's some skates, figure it out. <laughs> By the end of that weekend, I was just flying around that place. And maybe that was when they were like, all right, we got to get this kid uh, doing something on the ice. So I did that. And uh, I even, you know, I even uh, jumped into goalie then a little bit, you know, no pads or anything, but yep, I, uh, I found that kind of fun. I think I remember doing that a couple of times. Well, and being from Bemidji, it's almost natural that at some point you're going to wind up on the ice. Right. Yeah. So what was it about goalie where you're like, yep, that's where I belong? Um, I think like a lot of goalies, um, but I, by this point we had moved to Hibbing, Minnesota, and yeah. that's, where I, that's where I played most of my hockey growing up. And the coaches had all of us try goalie. It must have been squirts, mites, something like that. And I got the pads home. I got everything. And what did I do? Right. I put them all on right then and there. Yeah. And, uh, and I was just like, Oh, this is so cool. 
you know, all this stuff you get to put on. I don't think I even watched any like real hockey on TV or anything. Um, it just, it was all just, so I, I love the equipment, I think. And, uh, and then I got to doing it. It was a lot of fun. Um, I, that's, that's definitely what I remember was just kind of being in love with the equipment, I guess. And, uh, the position, if, if I had to play the position to keep wearing it, then so be it. So you start in Bemidji and then you wind up in Hibbing, which has a storied hockey tradition in Minnesota. It has a great barn back. My in-laws live yep. not, not too far from there now. And, um, just outside of Nashua. Um, did, did you wind up playing high school hockey for Hibbing or, you know, how, how far did you go competitively? Uh, competitively? I'm boy, it's interesting. Uh, well, I'll answer the question. Yeah. C- Cause uh, the, uh, the beer league we play in, we can't quite consider competitive. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I only played into Bantams. Okay. Um, and well, I'll get into well, maybe we'll get into this later, but yeah, I only got I played into Bantams. Um, you know, at that point, I knew I had some decisions to make going into high school. Mm-hmm. You know, what was um, at the time I thought there were some pretty good goalies in front of me, and I wasn't sure what kind of playing time I was going to get. And you know, I'd been doing it like I said from about five, six years old up until about fourteen, fifteen. So. I don't know. I just uh, decided it wasn't, I wasn't going to make it my life anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes I regret it. Yeah. But other times maybe it was for the best. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's one of those, a lot of times you just know you've gone as far as you can competitively. And, you know, in your instance, you know, if you were elsewhere, probably even still in Bemidji, you, you probably would have been looking at going, okay, high school <laughs> hockey's, reality but in hibbing even though they don't have a lot of people they have a lot of talent on the ice well yeah exactly that actually there that was kind of the thought but as a 14 or 15 year old sometimes you think you know more than you really do maybe you're looking more you think you've got things more figured out and uh i don't know i i hope i i don't know if he'll ever see this or not um but one of my goalie partners for I think a year or two was a guy named Travis Weber. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know who he is or not. The name's familiar. He played for University of Minnesota, or that's where he ended up going. But he was uh, he was ahead of me and clearly very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so Travis, if you see this, hey, how's <laughs> it going? Or, or listen. Um, and I was thinking, well, we were the same grade. I was like, there's no way I'm competing with him. Uh, so let's skip this. But as it turns out, I didn't really, I didn't know about things like, uh, junior gold. I could have kept playing that. Yeah. And as it turns out, there's junior hockey. And I think Travis's sophomore or junior year ended up going to play juniors, uh, and then left the high school altogether. (laughs) And there would have been, you know, there would have been opportunities had I kept working at it, I think. Yeah. And I mean, when we were coming up, I grew up in Chicago, so I didn't know as much about junior hockey outside of, you know, the NAHL and uh, the USHL, but, you know, there there were some, there were a lot of junior B teams in the state of Minnesota at that time too, that had opportunity. Yeah. And it's probably better that I didn't learn about them until I was in college because I, 
I would have uh, tried going that route too and wasting some time and mom and dad's money probably. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, I mean, looking back on it though, I, uh, yeah, I I think my life definitely would have been different and I kind of credit my ability to still play. I'm going to be turning 40 here this year and my knees don't hurt too bad, although it's starting to change a little bit, but I feel like maybe not playing from 14, 15 to 24 or so, maybe that saved my body a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm not a doctor. (laughs) I say that a lot these days. (laughs) So, so what brought you back to the game then? Um, My good friend, uh, Dave Tesh, actually, in, uh, I was working a job downtown Minneapolis or not downtown Minneapolis, but I was working a job in Minneapolis, a contract job, uh, doing web development. And we got to talking about hockey and he's like, Oh yeah. Like I went to work that day thinking it was going to be like every other day. Mm -hmm. And we got to talking about hockey. He's like, Oh, you used to play goalie. I was like, yeah, it was a lot of fun, whatever. And one thing leads to another. He's got equipment lined up for me, <laughs> a, pl- a time to skate. I call my wife on the way home. I say, I'm going to play some hockey today. And I was, I was so excited. I was, I felt like I was, you know, that age again. And uh, it was wonderful. And uh, I haven't stopped playing since. I think that was 2008, 2007, somewhere around there. And, you know, I had like, of course, all the only the equipment I knew was, you know, the uh, equipment from the late 90s, mid 90s. And so I found or it was similar equipment and uh, since upgraded a lot of things, but that's what I found or I found some equipment like that. And uh, that was a blast. I gave up a ton of goals. I could barely walk the next day. I barely <laughs> made it into work, but that's but how I got back in. You were sore, but you didn't care because it was a good sore. <clears throat> Yep, absolutely. And I, I think within a couple of days, I was doing it again. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's funny because I, I think a lot of times with goalies specifically, you know, we, we kind of reach that point where it's like, okay, we've had enough of the game. We need to step away for a little bit. And then there's just something that brings us back. And, and yeah. we, we remember why we loved the game. Uh, and, and then you can't get us away from it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there was a there was a time like that. I don't know. It was a couple of years. I'd been playing for four or five years at that point, and uh, our kids were getting to be a little bit of a handful. And and uh, you know, some things in life were changing. I was like, ah, oh, maybe. I was playing on a on an adult men's league beer league team by that point, and uh, pretty regularly. And uh, I was thinking, guys, you know, maybe I need to take a step back. You know, a couple of different reasons, and they. Uh, they made it almost impossible to say no to them. Let's put it that way. And, yep. all, right, all right. All right. I'll, I'll one more year. We'll figure it out. And I, I never stopped. Yeah. You know, it, it's got older. We made it work. It's funny because it is, I get older and make more connections. I, I could probably play six nights a week if I really wanted to, but it's like, mm-hmm. no, I, I do. I do like my wife. I'd like to keep her. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I do like to hang out with my kids and go to their events. So, so I'll, I'll keep it to the one or two teams typically. Um, you know, I, I skate with the team out of the super rink. And then I uh, I was skating with a team in the 3M league. 3M has their own league out of Adness. And I started skating in that after I worked there. Because typically anybody that's worked there 
or working there, you know, whether it be full-time or contractor, I was a contractor and it was like day two, I was talking to somebody and mentioned I played hockey and there's an email automation guy in the corner. All of a sudden he does one of these. (laughs) What position do you play? And I was like, I'm a goalie. And then does one of these with his chair rolls over. And uh, (laughs) I I had uh, left 3M because my contract had ended. And then I, I get the email from him. He's like, so the season's starting up. Are you interested in playing? I was like, absolutely. <laughs> nice. So yeah, that, that's been shut down for the last two years, but it looks like that's coming back here soon. And what I love about that one is it's, I don't know how they do it during the week, but they get like six thirty, seven o'clock game times over at Vadness, uh, which is great because good time you get home you can wind down and fall asleep at a normal hour right by the time we get off the ice it's still two for ones over at us mm-hmm. what is it sacks connected to the rink there <laughs> yeah so it's it's a good uh post game wind down yeah i'm playing on uh i think yeah three teams at this point i don't think i've ever done more than three teams but sometimes I'll do three teams plus a friendly pickup session a week, yep. which is about as much as I can do. But you throw a tournament weekend in there, it can be rough. Yeah, I had one of those uh, a couple weeks ago playing in the outdoor tournament. And it was a long week. And not only did I have the tournament in my game, but I filled in for another team at the Super Rink like an hour after my game. So I think it was seven games in three days. <laughs> I, I was sore. I, I was yeah. reminded that I'm a 41 year old, old guy. Yep. You know, but <laughs> I'm I didn't, feeling it more and more for sure. Didn't get hurt. And, and even this week, uh, Landon reached out to me. He's like, are you available? Like, what time and what rank? And it happens to be the game right before mine on the same exact rank. It's like, well, I guess I have no reason to say no to that one. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, I think, are you doing the, are you, you got a team uh, with the walleye chop this year? No, I, I haven't typically played in that one, um, which is all right, especially now my kids both joined the high school fishing team. So I think we're going to be busy that weekend. Right, right. I heard about that. Yeah, it's uh, completely new to me. You know, <laughs> I, I'm going to these parent meetings and they're asking for help and I'm just kind of sitting in the corner and they're like, you don't want to help with boats or marshaling or anything like that. It's like, I'm not a fisherman. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, where I grew up, we had one lake and you didn't want to eat the fish out of it. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, Oh, okay. Uh, But you know, my daughter was the one that wanted to join the team. She came home the one day. She's like, dad, I want to join the fishing club. I was like, okay, well reach out to them. She's like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, email your school activities director, which is a guy I coached high school hockey with when I was coaching up in Forest Lake. Um, he said, email him and he'll, he'll put you in touch with the right people. Well, it turns out their high school fishing club is actually the fishing team and they're only in their second year. So numbers are down so much that they're both going to be on the varsity fishing team. And they're like, uh, we thought this was just going to be for fun to get out there and do some fishing. It's like, Yep, that's exactly what it is. You'll just be getting points for it. Um, right. So I think it's great that they're doing all that stuff. I heard that there's trap teams now, and yep. I think they're great that they're. Exp- it seems like it's expanding. Just whatever their interests are, 
Yeah, my my son's buddy who's on the fishing team with the two of them, he's on the trap shooting team and, you know, he he got a varsity letter and went to the state tournament last year as a uh, seventh grader, actually, because he was such a good shot. Uh, Helps that he's been shooting for many years because his dad's a cop and he'd go to the range with them, but it's like none of that existed when we were kids. You know, if you wanted to do that stuff, you went out with mom or dad and did it, not uh, through the high school. We just had the traditional Olympic sports at our schools. Oh, excuse. I don't know what's going to happen here. I got a little dog that's been under my desk here <laughs> all afternoon. Oh, nice. Yeah, my, mine actually, uh, we, we got a puppy. She's still a puppy. She's one now, but she uh, left left the office a little bit ago. For the audio-only listeners, it's a 150-pound St. Bernard that was under my desk. Yeah, and I love that you bring them to the weekend tournaments, too. Yeah, she likes uh, – she loves going there. I take her everywhere we go. Yeah, it seems like most of the beer league players, at least at the Super Rink, they know her. They Yeah. They know that even though she's uh, big and looks menacing to people who don't like dogs, she's uh, got the personality of a lap dog. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're playing hockey you come back to the game, then you have kids and now you're a goalie dad, but not just a goalie dad, but a goalie dad of a girl goalie. How is that going for you? And which is harder playing or watching your own kid play? Um, it, it never bothers me. Or did you say what was harder? Yeah. I've never, I, I don't know. i I've got, I think I've figured out that I have a weird personality. I figured that out quickly too. <laughs> it doesn't bother me. Okay. Uh, the, I, I think the only time it would bother me is if, you know, uh, they're getting beat up on, you know, eight, mm-hmm. nine, whatever, or six goals, you know, just, I, I, I can see they're having a hard time. I, I feel bad for, my daughter at that point. Um, yeah. but I don't, I don't ever feel that like, Oh my God, what are the parents going to think? You know, they're going to be looking at me thinking it's my fault. Well, I'm a goalie. I'm like, no, they had to skate through five people. It's yeah. been the, the play has been in our zone the entire time. This is not a goaltending problem. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, I don't know. That's how I feel about it. A lot of the goalie parents I talk to are kind of the same way, but it's more of the, uh, anxiety of, you know, what, what what's the goalie thinking, you know, Oh, that kind of stuff. You know, like you said, if they're having one of those games where they're down a couple goals and just kind of, what are they thinking? You almost start to feel bad for them because you know exactly what they're thinking as opposed to, you know, like my parents, they felt bad for me, but they didn't really know what was going through my head at that point. And usually it's anger at my teammates, not frustration in my own play. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I didn't, I don't know. Maybe I just, I, I didn't let it stress me out too much. Um, you know, I, sometimes I look for things of, okay, you know, what are we going to work on in practice next or mm-hmm. this or that? But, um, well, probably I was, I was looking for, you know, I was, I was, sometimes I was hoping for, especially she played on a couple of good teams, a couple of years and she didn't get much action sometimes. And sometimes I'm like, I'm hoping there's some opportunity for her to gain some confidence by making some good saves. Yep. And so I'm, I'm almost, 
hoping for the thing that all the other parents are not hoping for. Yeah. Uh, and, she, you know, she even said that sometimes it was boring. Uh, so. Well, next time I need a sub, I can just call her and th- that'll get her plenty of shots. You know that. <laughs> well, a, a little update on that. I don't think we've, maybe we haven't talked about that since then, but uh, she's actually not playing this year. Oh, really? And she, yeah. Uh, she was split between gymnastics and the goalie for a couple of years there. And, you know, like, like your team decided that it was just tough with masks and all that stuff. And uh, this, this last year, uh, just with the way things went and the, the way sports were in general. Yeah. It was really hard for the kids to form any connection. I don't think she really felt like she knew anyone on the team. And it was just, it, it was tough. It was tough for a lot of, a lot of kids in general. Um, yeah. And it just, yeah, last year just wasn't fun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, there's no really way to sugarcoat it, well, for, you know- at least for her. Like, Not fun enough to want to do it again this year. And so she jumped into gymnastics and she's just, she's loving that. Um, but I still have the pads up here in the shelf. Um, we haven't completely closed that door, but we'll see this year. I'll, I'll float the question again. How old is she? Uh, she's 11. Okay. I was going to say, cause uh, Kaz from for the love of puck has, he calls it the rupier league out of Tria in the summer. Mm-hmm. And I know okay. they're always looking for goalies, but uh, I think it's more for, <clears throat> middle and high school but hey if they need a goalie okay. i'm sure they they would uh <laughs> make an exception sure you know and it's it's just a fun almost like pickup hockey for kids but a little more organized with uh refs and stuff yeah um, but yeah hey, hey she's she's doing something she enjoys though and that, that's what matters yeah but then i do uh so i have a son that's also uh in bantams yeah, but he's and... not a goalie, is he? I thought he was No, he's a... not no, he's not a goalie, but I'm the goalie coach on the team, so Yeah. Yeah. But I'm still I'm still in that world. Yeah, so I mean you failed with one kid and couldn't get him between the pipes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, what was it? Chico Rush's uh three rules of goaltending, one keep your stick on the ice, two keep yourself square of the puck, and three forwards are stupid. Four <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've said that a couple of times and i get a little weird looks from the other coaches sometimes when i especially when i'm talking with that with our goalie i'm like but forwards are stupid yeah like, they're gonna do stupid things yeah it, the thing i always say is you have more time than you think you have mm-hmm. a lot of times not yeah. all the time but <clears throat> knowing that you're coaching have you uh come across um brian decord's stop at goaltending app for tracking games no, no, I, I'm not. I just started using it for my last game because I so put the GoPro up and I love it because it's not just looking at, you know, <laughs> putting an X on a sheet of where the shot comes from. He's got like a couple different categories, takes a game or two to get used to, but rather than saying, okay, this was your save percentage and your goals against for the game, it mm-hmm. also calculates an, an expected goals against based on the different types of shots that you got and I love that for my okay. team because it's like last game I led in seven goals, but my expected goals against was six point like eight or something. I was like, okay, okay, I did as expected. The first goal I led in was weak. I knew that, so take that away. I, I was uh, above par, and it's you know from a goalie coaching <laughs> standpoint, I, I think it's awesome. Um, they they did a they tested it for quite a while. There's some artificial intelligence built in. All right. 
Yeah, he, I'll have to he, check that out. He's using it to, over at Boston U, and uh, yeah, it's it's a really cool one. My my son's buddy, who's on the trap shooting team, his little brother's a goalie, and I was talking to his mom. I was like, "You need to download this app and start tracking your kids' games." And she's like, "Okay, if you think it's," <laughs> it's like, "Yep, you need to do that because uh, he's kind of one of those goalies that's on a good team." So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, he's getting all these shutouts, but it's like, what about those goals he's letting in? Are they good goals? You know, he has great numbers for a season, but how good is he really doing? Um, yeah, it's 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 a fun one. I, th- I think once you look into it, I'll send you the link afterwards. I, I think you'll find it uh, entertaining. And okay, useful, yeah, I'd love useful. to take a look at that. Um, um. So, you know, we play against each other over at the Super Rink. And we've played against each other an awful lot over the years between the uh, beer league and uh, Landon Soda Stick Tournament and the Goons for Good. We're yeah. always playing against each other, it seems like. And yeah. you even fill in for the other teams in the league. So, it's, you know, so, some some weeks I've come out, I was like, I just saw you last week. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you think the first time you saw me at the other end? Um, boy, I think, I think I remember the game maybe. Well, I know the first game that I really remember and, um, you're going to like this. (laughs) So there's two things you think about when you see a goalie come out in uh, vintage goalie gear, right? Yep. Either they just picked it up somewhere and they don't know what they're doing. Like I was, (laughs) all those years ago, just getting back into it. And who knows what you're going to get, or you got somebody that knows what they're doing. And uh, yeah, they, they, they know how to play and they know how to play that style that, that uh, you like to play. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, I, I don't remember anything all that specific other than I remember one time you, I swear like they had an open open net backdoor play and you did the splits got across got it and i'm like there's no way we're winning this game <laughs> like <laughs> and i and i'm pretty sure like you stole that game 100 percent uh I, I feel like the play was mostly in your end you know at best 50 50 but mm-hmm. i want to see you guys won by a couple of goals and uh <clears throat> so whenever i saw you out there i wanted to i wanted to watch because you were always fun to watch yeah, and it's funny because I've always been naturally flexible. I mean, there's no reason a guy my age should still be able to do that, but I can. So it's like I know most teams see me, and they're they're not expecting that. So I, I can cheat a little bit and do yeah. that. You know, I, I, I do that quite a bit in our league where it's like, okay, there, there's that two-on-one. I'm going to cheat yeah. a little bit this way and force them to pass. and. Mm-hmm. Most of the guys can't lift the puck anyway, or if they do, it's going over the net. So it's like, right. okay, I, I feel pretty good. And uh, it, it works. Uh, as they said in Anchorman, 60% of the time, it works all the time. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I just so, remember the first time I saw you was your mask. And, I, you know, simple design, but I like it. Was it the – it was the blue – it had to have been the blue and the yellow. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah. just the simple, tri- you know, triangles, which that, that design, f- for whatever reason, was kind of starting to become pretty popular at that point. It, it was about a year or two that, you know, a lot of goalies were kind of, I think, gravitating for it because it was so yeah. simple to do on a plain mask. You could, even with 
right. colored electrical tape, do it, make it look good, and you know, just add a little something to it. Well, that's pretty much what I did. Was uh, I just got a bunch of different colors of automotive vinyl, mm-hmm. and I cut out shapes and I played around with it, and and I, I did some research. Basically, I just looked up other goalie masks that are simple designs. I think I modeled it after. Forgive me, I'm terrible at names. Like I'm a horrible hockey fan. <laughs> um, but I know there's a penguins goalie mask that has that I, I modeled part of the design after. I was like, all right, this is this is something I can do with yep. simple shapes and colors. And uh that's kind of, how, kind of how I came up with that first one. And then uh I redid it recently in red and black. I don't know if you've seen it or not. But. Yeah, I did. I, I saw it at the uh, Goons for Good tournament. Okay. Yeah. Because I got traded recently, or there was some kind of. Oh, what team are you skating on now? Not the uh, well, for in the in the AHA, I'm on uh, Zephyrs. Okay. I used to play for the Saints. Okay. What about? Are you still on the Generals then? In the uh... yes. Okay. All right. General Sunday night. Uh, some team that changes their name every season. Monday night at Super Rink, and then AHA Zephyrs. Yeah, I, I got to look. I think it's like in a week or two we play each other. Oh, that'll be good. Maybe I'll have yeah. to get the GoPro up. Yeah, you should. I, I actually got a new one, so there's not a scratch on it anymore. <laughs> yeah, I got a new one for Christmas as well. I need to use it. but Yeah. Yeah, this week we got the rate. Oh, no, we, I guess we don't play yet. Any, not until uh, March 20th, it looks like. So we, we got a while. <laughs> It'll uh, it'll be fun. You'll get to see the uh, the new pads in, in action. I'm looking forward to that for sure. Yeah, I mean they, they don't look too much different than the old ones. Right, but I I, I feel like someone at the you know the Von Factory or whatever has got to be looking at going like this is cool. Someone's using an, you know the old design. Yep. They, they got to I, I think someone there's got to smile a little bit doing oh, some yeah. of those vintage designs rather than just doing the same stuff over and over and over again. I've had talks, you know, at first I was told, no, I couldn't do it. And then we went a little further up the food chain there. And the one guy was like, absolutely, we're doing that one. Um, What surprises me is we haven't seen it, you know, with other goalies. We're seeing a lot of the uh, retro legacy from like the early 90s. Um, We're seeing a lot of the early velocity, but nobody else has tried that that graphic. Even... uh, Ron Tugnetson just did um, uh, an old vintage look with the uh, the Chris Osgood tri- inverted triangle kind of. But uh, as far as I know, I'm the only one that has gone with that retro legacy uh, bullseye, and I like it. <laughs> Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team to get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. 
Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. That's 467-369. you like it that's all that matters i think yeah the pads i wanted the most when i was a kid was the i want to say it was felix potvin the flame ones and i've seen a couple of uh updated retros on that i i would be into that a lot i i hated that design at the time because as a hawks fan potvin was a hawk killer but as I go back and look at it, I was like, that was a pretty sweet setup. My all-time favorite looking setup is Belfour's uh, Reactor 5s, where he had the black and white alternating um, uh, stripes, but then just kind of the red trim on the outside. To me. In fact, that's what I've got on my uh, – oh, no, I got a new phone case. That's right. Uh, <laughs> used to have it on my phone case. But to me, that that is just the coolest-looking – set up and had i gone bauer digiprint that's exactly what i would have done that's the one with it's got the stripes yeah you yeah. said yeah okay i i pulled it up here it looks pretty good yeah this backstory on that one's great because the first set he got were all white and he thought that was too much white so he got a sharpie out and colored <laughs> in the alternating stripes and it was funny because nice. i had him on the podcast i was like ed I got to know, did you use the fi- the normal fine tip Sharpie or did you at least have one of those fat head ones? And he just right. started laughing and he didn't, didn't quite answer the question, but I, I have a gut feeling it was the, uh, the traditional fine tip Sharpie. And he was there for quite a while with the equipment manager. <laughs> Looks like he kept going with it here. He played, he had the same similar set in Dallas then as well. Yeah. And, and he had it for his brief layover in San Jose. And I don't care what you say when he first went to San Jose and still had the Hawks equipment with that teal, mm-hmm. it looked really cool for some odd reason. Then he got the teal ones and that still looked good for, I think the whole 12 games he played there, but yeah, he kept that in, Dallas until he switched over to Vaughn and then he yeah that was a good choice yeah (laughs) I I think so um so you know you don't just play hockey for in the uh in your free time which with kids and playing hockey there's not much of it you took an old coach bus and converted it into an RV where the heck did you get that idea Uh, boy, where did I get the idea? Or why did you do it? <laughs> I, could, I, I can tell you the why. I, I, I don't even, I think about it. And I'm not even sure wh- where exactly other than, um, 
It started with, we got a pop-up camper for next to nothing. And we mm-hmm. kind of refurbed that. And it was like, okay, this is kind of fun. And then, um, well, we'll, we'll kind of answer the why here a little bit. We'll get a little serious. And, uh, I think it was 2016, uh, my father passed away mm-hmm. and it became, it was just it hit me like a ton of bricks that tomorrow isn't promised. Mm-hmm. Um, time with my family isn't promised times with my kids isn't promised. And like, we, we need to spend time together. We need to do stuff. Um, and I thought, you know what, we, we, wife and I, we've been talking about doing more RVing, camping, all that stuff. I'm like, this is a, we should do it this way. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, and then when I started looking at different RVs, most of them are set up for a retired couple bed in the back. You got a, you know, a dinette up there, up in front, a couple of couches and stuff, but we have, we have four kids. How are we going to yeah. make that work? So <laughs> quickly it became, well, I'm not, uh, you know, buy a brand new, you know, custom tour bus kind of money. I don't come from that, but yeah. Uh, I figured, well, let's look at what's out there and maybe we can make something. And one thing led to another. And, uh, I think it was 2017. The wife said, sure. Yeah, we we could buy a bus and convert that. That's not going to be that bad. You know, the, the purchase price was pretty reasonable. I think it was like $3,000 oh, for a, for a uh, you know, 30,000 pound, 40 foot long, uh, eight feet wide uh, piece of steel and aluminum. And uh, it, it was what's serendipitous about it is it's as old. It's the exact age that I am. Oh, it cool. was. It was the bus we have. It was manufactured September 1982. And I just thought that was so cool. I found that out later. Uh, so that's um, it's kind of how we got started on that. But then we just and then we got to work on it. And it took way longer than I thought it would. Uh, we started in the spring of 2017. Mm-hmm. I was hoping we might be done, you know, by early to midsummer. Maybe the fall at the latest, it turns out it was more like two years later. <laughs> uh, and a lot more money later. Oh, well, I don't know. I actually did a pretty good job of, of uh, estimating it out, but it certainly was a lot more time and mm-hmm. that's worth something. Um, and sure it, it did cost a, quite a bit of money and yeah. sure, no, can you buy something for about the same price? Sure. But all of our kids have their own. That was the thing is, each of our kid has their own bunk bed in there. Um, it's, Did they help with any of the work on it? Uh, well, that was one of the stipulations in getting it from the uh, one of the other decision makers in the household. Um, but they didn't help as much as we would have liked, if I'm honest. But yeah. they did help uh, from time to time. I, and, I have pictures to prove it. And that's something they'll remember. You know, the whole idea yeah. behind it was creating memories. Exactly. And... Yeah. And uh, now we've gone, geez, I think we've put like 20, 30,000 miles on it. Maybe more, maybe more like 40,000. Been out to Yellowstone, been to Florida, been to Texas, been uh, around Lake Michigan. And we travel around here all over and it's great. And and during COVID, we used it as a rolling locker room. (laughs) Perfect. Well, you, you uh, even brought it to the uh, soda stick tournaments and you pulled the grill out and started cooking up yep. uh, food between games. 
Yeah. When, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I love doing that. It's way, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, I, I love the idea of the rolling locker room too, <laughs> because. Yeah. So during COVID, you know, we couldn't, the, the kids couldn't use the locker rooms or they were yeah. only allowed in the rink, I think 10 minutes before the game. And that's really tough for Lucy as a goalie. Yep. So I let her get dressed in there and, and uh, that made it a little better, I think. Yeah. I remember when the rinks opened the first time and uh, it was the fall season and, and I showed up and they were saying, you know, 15 minutes before, but mm-hmm. it was the super rink. I'm like, ah, they, they won't have an issue. I show up, I'm wearing my mask and we're on the, the back four. And one of the kids at the uh, desk without their mask on tells me you're too early. I was like 25 minutes before the game. Yeah. And, and you know me, I like to get there an hour early. So th- this was out of my comfort zone to begin with. And I look at him, I was like, I'm going to be sitting in the locker room by myself anyway, if it was non-COVID times. And they're like, right. well, you, you can go out in the parking lot and start getting ready. And I, I look at this girl, I go, um, I don't <laughs> think you understand. I strip all the way down to get ready. I don't think you want me doing that in your parking lot. And she's like, oh, you know, and I, I wound up uh, exchanging emails with the, the, the league director. Is like, hey. I don't care about it, but at least have them wear, if they're trying to enforce this, at least tell the kids to put their mask on. And he, you know, it just replies, he goes, Oh Jesus, I've told these kids that that rules for youth hockey, not the beer leagues. You guys are going to be alone anyway. So and after that, no, no issues. I was able to get in early, but That's I, went, nice. I went to Fogarty and I walked in like 17 minutes before the ice time. And the guy's sitting there. He's like, you're too early. I was like, it's two minutes, dude. It's a two-minute walk from the parking lot with the setup they have there. He's like, no, too early. You got to leave. I was like, are you kidding me? By the, by the time we were done talking, it was 15 minutes beforehand. Um, yeah. And- I, I don't know. I didn't – I know some of the guys – I mean, Fogarty almost closed. Yeah. I know yeah. they were just trying to keep it Stay open. Stay afloat, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it was it was definitely challenging. Uh yeah. So I had, you know, going back to when I first started playing again, of course, that first day I played, I got there an hour early because that's what you did when you were a kid, right? Yep. Then slowly that started creeping into, I got really good at getting to the rink about 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes before our ice time. And, I, and I'd be ready with five minutes to go. People mm-hmm. still say all the time, you, you're like, you're the fan, you get whatever for a goalie, you get, fa- you get ready faster than uh, anyone. So yeah, I, I, can't I, I figure I've been training for COVID for the last, 10, 15 years. Yeah, I can't do that. Even even with the new stuff, I like to take my time, but uh, there's still that mental aspect of getting focused on the task at hand because usually when I put the pads on, even the 3M league, I'm I'm on a team that uh, they like to give up a lot of shots. Yeah. Uh, They mean well when it comes to defense. They just don't play well. (laughs) So as long as not screening you and tipping it in. That does happen. <laughs> that does happen. Um, it, it, it doesn't help that uh, our team captain, if the faceoff is to my stick side, I have to be ready for the pass back to me just because he's really good at faceoffs, which is awesome. But mm-hmm. it almost always winds up being a shot on goal. <laughs> so <laughs> I have to be ready for those faceoff shots from my own teammate. Uh, mm. I, I've gotten used to it and I'll, I'll look at my D man. I was like, it's coming to me, then it's going to you. So you, you stay right there. 
Um, and, and the refs even start to laugh every now and then. In fact, the last game, I he sent one back so fast, I got it with the stick, it wound up out of the rink. <laughs> it was like, jeez, oh, uh, easy there, killer. But, you know, it is what it is. We're, we're out there to have fun. As, as, as we like to say, as long as uh, there's beer in the locker room afterwards and nobody gets hurt, it's a victory. Yep. Which means most weeks, it's a victorious uh, week. Doesn't matter what the scoreboard says. Yeah, I don't, uh, for the most part, yeah, doesn't matter. I don't get rattled too much giving up goals. As long as I feel like, yeah, as long as I'm, I feel like I'm playing well, I don't get too worked up about it. Yeah, uh, I, I used to. Um, and I, I was driving to a game and I was listening to uh, Goalie by Garmin, his old podcast. They're great, short, like five, 10 minute podcasts. And one of them, he's talking about controlling what you can control. And yeah. I was like, yeah. And that just kind of changed it for me. It's like, I can't control the fact that I'm getting scored on four times a game because that guy in the back door is just wide open. Um, I can't control that. So let's not get upset that we lost by one goal, but four of them were those. It's like, okay. Right. Um, and, and that's even where that app I was telling you about comes in handy. It's like, okay, last week I let in seven, but I should have probably let in seven. So, okay. That validated what I thought that day. Um, and as, as I get older, I'm just mellowing out. Not, not too much is riling me up on the ice anymore. Um, you know, there's, I forget which team he plays for. There's the one guy kind of has the Pavel Dimitra look. He gets a little crazy every now and then. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he can get under my skin from time to time, but he, I just keep telling myself, he's just, we, he's just a wacko. Let him go. Let him go. And yeah. Yeah. I was telling my wife about, uh, I don't know, one, I don't know if it was Saturday or uh, Sunday or Monday night, but things are getting a little out of hand as they do at the super rink. Yeah. And, uh, especially towards the end of a game that I don't know. I don't think it was actually getting too far out of hand, but there ended up being, uh, I think about three people paired up. <laughs> oh, geez. And, uh, and the goalie was getting into it. So you know what that means? I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to go down there. <laughs> You know, like that's not me. I just don't get that worked. I don't even know. I don't even know how how you get there mentally. Like, yeah, I, that must have been the Monday night because our Sunday night league is pretty. Uh, it might have been. Although it was three four years ago, we were playing. I don't even remember who we were playing in the league, but there was about eight minutes left in the game, and one of our players is going into the corner, and their player just cross checks them from behind. That was bad enough, but this guy who got cross-checked, his kid was on the team, and he's on the ice too, so he goes after this guy that cross-checks his dad. Those two are going at mm. it. Their goalie comes into it. We're up by, like, seven at this point, so that tells you the team we were playing wasn't too good if we were up by seven. And the <laughs> ref kicks the kid out, the guy that cross-checked our guy, and the goalie out, and they're like, well, he's our only goalie. And the ref goes, he should have thought about that before he went in and started throwing blocker Right. Then they're like, well, what are we supposed to do? He goes, six players on the ice. That's what you're required. Um, so at that point we, we stopped shooting. If we got in the zone, they just passed it around or as a, you know, dump in and retreat. We, we did score one more goal and that was, uh, we were on the penalty kill down below our own goal line. The one guy went to ice it and it, oh, nice. it, it hit 
he didn't aim for the net, but it was one of those where it hits one of those little piles of snow that builds up <laughs> over the game and veered oh, nice. in. But every time we were leaving the zone, I'm yelling at the D, you know, give it here, give it here. Nobody did it until about 20 seconds left in the game. I one defense since going out and he hears me and it dawns on him what I'm trying to do. So he, he passes the puck to me and I send it down. And to the other team's credit, there were three guys I could have gotten away, but they let yeah. go. Oh, My nice. shot hits another one of those ice patches and veers about two inches out of the, you know, away from the goal. I was that, that mm. close to getting my goalie goal, but it's like, Oh my God, I had eight minutes and you guys only gave me one chance. <laughs> yeah. That, that yeah. Was one of the fights, the other fight we had, we got one cop on the team. So being mostly firemen, they do pick on them quite a bit, but uh, <laughs> that guy I was talking about, I'm sure if you saw him, you know, who is, I, I don't know if he plays on the money shot or, uh, anchor rail but he just crazy and he he went at our guy kind of threw him down in a corner and then he gets up and they're they're changing words he's just doing like a rick flair woo woo in his face and my buddy is just like i'm not having that this the refs weren't doing anything at that point but standing there watching so, so nate just takes him and shoves him down he's you know like puts him in a submission hole he's like you cut it out well, of course, Nate got ejected from the game. He's like, I had to do something. And uh, the other guy, he got kicked out. He got a couple extra penalties added on. They're like, well, we, we got to kick your guy out because of what he did. But you're not getting any extra penalties. Don't worry. You're getting like two or three power plays out of this. Nice. Uh, you know, and, and I've even talked to players on the other team. They're like, yeah, usually every week our team captain gets an email about that guy going, what did he do this week? <laughs> <laughs> but uh I think it was a week or two ago we were I forget who we played that week but uh things were getting a little chippy not on purpose more you know like kind of falling or guys just getting back after COVID and Nate was ready to go after one guy but uh, the next whistle the guy comes to the bench you know apologize to the one guy that he accidentally took out or something he's like okay I was letting the uh the cop get get over you know take a hold of me i was ready to take care of business here and we're like easy killer we'll, we'll tell you when when to go <laughs> yeah but he's a good guy to have on your team that's for sure um so looking at time i i like to end every episode with a list of 10 rapid fire questions that i've asked every single guest this is gonna be episode 70 so i've asked everybody the same questions Okay. The first one is, what's the craziest coaching moment from your playing days or coaching days since you coach too? Uh, I don't know about craziest, but I, growing up in Hibbing, uh, it was just funny. Uh, the coach we had, I think his, his name was Stu. And for some reason, when he was talking – Inhibiting the the primary color there is blue. We all a lot of us were in blue jerseys. He would say he was talking to somebody. He would say, "Hey, you with the blue jersey, come on!" Because he didn't really learn all our names, and it was just the funniest thing. He'd just say, "Hey, you with the blue jersey, come over here." Or, and every, everybody turned. I don't know. I, I don't know if he or I'm starting to think maybe now he just had a really sarcastic sense of humor or something. But we all thought he was serious or just I don't know. That, <laughs> 
I, I don't know. I don't, I wasn't around any crazy like coaches getting kicked out or other than, I mean, I've seen it, but nothing yeah. uh, that crazy like that. I don't know. Sorry. I don't have a great answer for you there. No, that, that's a good one. I like it. Cause we, we've all had those coaches where it's like, like you said, they don't take the t- time to learn our names. When I was coaching, my issue was I could tell the players apart when they were in equipment, but when we'd go into the locker room between right. the kids and they had their helmets off, it was like, turn around. I got to see your number. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, it can be tough for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, I always liked the tryouts or even work in hockey camps when the kids would have the tape with their name on the, the yeah. helmet. It's like, Oh yeah, that, that, that works nice. Uh, so what was your favorite all-time goalie mask? Design wise. Yes. Um, it's it again, like with the pads, it's hard to beat Felix Potvin. Yeah. Yeah. I begrudgingly say, yeah, but th- those are still classic and there's a reason you're still seeing those tribute sets. Yeah. Um, a lot of good ones out there, but I don't know. I just, I thought that was so cool and it's yeah. simple. Uh, so what is your favorite rink that you've played at? Um, um, I mean, I've, I've played at the Excel center. Mm-hmm. It was pretty fun. I, I'm going to go you mentioned it early on. Um, I'm going to go with the sentimental one and say, anytime we got to play at the Memorial building in Hibbing, I loved I loved playing there. Yeah. And I didn't get to that often because I didn't, you know, I never played high school there or anything like that, but anytime I got to, it was kind of a a special treat uh, growing up as a kid there. And, you know, the other one I really like is uh, new hope North because that is where uh, Gordon Bombay missed uh, his penalty shot goal by a quarter inch. Yeah, somehow I've never skated at New Hope North. No, uh, no. Oh, um, I I always bring some some story up about Mighty Ducks there because if anybody doesn't know that one, that's uh where that where that movie was primarily filmed. Yeah, the state championship those two. game. Yeah, my nephew is playing in state playoffs, and the game was at Parade, where you know the Hawks was their home, and. We get there and I'm talking to my brother-in-law and I go, ah, oh, it looks like they finally took that second place banner down. And he looks at me, he's like, what the hell are you talking about? I was like, that second place banner from the Hawks when Bombay missed the net. And he's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I'm sure there's a lot of, uh, a lot of people our age that will walk into that rink and that crosses their mind. <laughs> um, what is your favorite stick that you've used? Favorite stick? Yeah. Uh, I like the, I think, uh, boy, I'm going to sound like an idiot here, but um, the one I'm using right now, I really like. It's it's pretty much, I'm, I chased the same one that I've used forever. Uh, I think it was when I, I used a Coho foam core or something or other. I think it was a wah mm-hmm. uh, pattern. And uh, I've just been chasing foam core sticks. I don't same like here. I don't like the, I bought one composite stick. It broke extremely quickly. Um, if you're getting paid to play and you don't have to play for, pay for sticks, fine. I'm sure it's great. It's light. Uh, but now I've liked doing the uh, trigger grip in them, cutting that out. I really like doing that. So 
a Vaughn foam core stick that I get at Pure Hockey. Not sponsored. I, I uh, just picked up a Vaughn right before Christmas from Pro Stock Hockey, and uh, I love it. I, I, I haven't put the trigger grip in yet. I, I contemplated it. I have the Goalie Guru uh, little attachment to go on, which kind of acts like a trigger grip, but I, I, okay. I love the idea of a trigger grip of just wrapping that f- finger around too because I don't know why, but my finger typically does wrap around anyway, and then when I try and go paddle down, uh, mm. it hurts <laughs> when you go down too quick. Uh, so I, I, I like the idea of the trigger grip and this summer I might, might cut into my stick. Uh, I'm just worried I'll, I'll mess it up. Well, I don't know. I did. Yeah. It's pretty hard to, to mess that one up though. If, if you've used the drill before, you should be okay is what I, what I've heard. Yep. It's not bad. I just use a, uh, jigsaw. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, probably what I'll wind up doing. I'm going to wait till it's a little warmer out in the garage to do it, though. Yeah. Yeah. That or I'll have to pick up a heater for the garage. I would love to do that. That's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> what is yeah. your uh, favorite youth hockey memory? Um, favorite youth hockey memory? I think... It's a little weird. Uh, I didn't even, I wasn't even playing in this game, but it, it made, it made me realize, especially now I'm coaching now, or it's a, it's a real world example to never give up. You never know what's going to happen. I think we were playing in a tournament in Cloquet, Minnesota. Against Co- <laughs> yeah. Uh, against Coon Rapids. Um, and we were hibbing. And I wasn't even playing. Uh, Travis was in net. And uh, we were down, I think, three nothing or three. I, yeah, I think it was three nothing going into the third championship game. And uh, we managed to tie it up. I think we ended up going to overtime. But during that time, I mean, Travis made some amazing saves. And just as a, you know, as a goalie partner, it was great cheering him on. Just, yep. you know, and uh, even though I didn't play, which I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's weird, but it was just a great memory. We, you know, we got that trophy um, and just uh, to never give up. I think that's so important. I try and teach all our kids that at, at any level that I coach, just never give up. You never know what's going to happen. You know, it's funny you say that because when I was coaching high school hockey in Forest Lake, we were up in Cloquet for a section game. It wasn't playoffs. It was just a regular section game. And Cloquet was a powerhouse still at that point. And Forest Lake wasn't. And we had a really good goalie. He went on to play at Ohio State and uh, in the ECHL. And we were down in that game. And they fought back and they tied the game. And then with 0.08 seconds left on the clock, we scored the game-winning goal uh, in you know, when you go to Cloquet for a high school hockey game, that barn is packed. You know, every seat is full. And to just hear the whole stadium go silent, except for the few parents that made the trek up there, was really fun. And it was one of those, you know, February games where it was probably 30 below outside. And you walk, you know, your nose freezes from the walk from the arena to the bus. And that was a fun bus ride home. Even for the kid who yeah. broke his leg in the JV game and had enough time to go to the hospital in Cloquet, 
get crutches and x-ray and everything else and come back to the game. He's sitting on the bus, you know, with some painkillers in him, and he even enjoyed the bus ride home after that one. (laughs) Um, So what is the best chirp you've heard on the ice, off the ice, directed at you, not directed at you? Um, What's the best chirp? I got, I don't, I'm a terrible guest here. I don't know that I have anything right now for that. Like I, I don't pay attention to that stuff very often. Uh, I'm the same way though. Um, I I know people say stuff to me in games, but I I get so focused on the game that I don't hear it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Now there, there is the stuff that's said in the locker room that I do hear and I do remember, but, uh, is we learn from Mr. Alaska. Things that are said in the locker room stay in the locker room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what is the worst post-game beer you've had? Oh. Uh, someone, I mean, you should never complain about free beer, of course. Right. But uh, someone brought some, I don't know, some kind of beer from Wisconsin. No offense, Wisconsin, but. I swear it was like a 24 pack or something. And he said he paid like $5 for it. <laughs> and oh. it just picked it up. Just, I think for the novelty of it, it was, yeah. I don't know. Uh, for some reason that sticks out in my mind. Makes sense. At first I was going to say, was it spotted cow? Because I think spotted no. cow is an overrated beer. It's a good beer, but I think people oh. make it out to be better than it really is. Uh, I think it's the scarcity, you know, you can't have it. So it's better. We live so close to Wisconsin, it's not that scarce. Well, <laughs> <You know? laughs> perceived scarcity is also a thing. Yeah, e- exactly. Um, so when you tape your sick eagle, heel to toe or toe to heel? Uh, so I just learned this recently by hanging out with more players, or uh, actually the Bantams this year maybe taught me it. Forever as a goalie, I've been going toe to heel. Because uh, I figured when that puck comes off, I don't want it to catch mm-hmm. catch the little grooves on there. But as a player, they were telling me to go heel to toe so that the puck does catch the little edges of the tape a little bit more to get a little more spin on it. So as a goalie, I go toe to heel. Okay. You're, Is that you're, you are goofy? Actually- well, that's a different discussion, but yes, you are in the minority. Most of the goalies I've talked to go heel to toe, um, but a lot of them, the older ones anyway, do it because, you know, when we started playing wooden sticks, that heel would absorb most of, mm. you know, that moisture and whatnot. So it was more of a uh, function at that point in time. Now with composite sticks and better technology, even in the foam cores, that doesn't happen anymore. So it's more of a. Well, I will say I do a, I do a strip on the bottom because yep. again, I still pay for my Same. stick. So Same here. <laughs> yeah. I do a strip on the bottom and sometimes I'll do two uh, just on the heel because it'll wear out there. Mm-hmm. And then usually I'll, uh, why my thought is I finish on the heel and then I can kind of do whatever I want there to, to add a double layer or something. I don't do that so much anymore. Cause like you say, the composite sticks are so good, mm-hmm. uh, but um, yeah. Different ways to skin that cat, I guess. There are some goalies that actually don't even tape their sticks because they're so good. But uh, 
Yeah, I, I always started at the heel because I figured if I'm going to mess up anywhere, it's on oh. the heel. So I didn't have to start all the way over if I messed up. Uh, that that was my part. I think a little bit of laziness is why I went. Why I still go heel to heel. <laughs> um, so, what's your favorite number to wear, and why? Uh, that changed recently for me. So I, I used to be 35 entire yeah. all the time because um, that was the number that was available to me Yeah, <laughs> when I started playing. Uh, you know, when you're smaller town, Peewee's, you know, you, you, you recycle Peewee's bands, you recycle the same jerseys. So whatever yep. goalie started and that when he picked that number, that's what the numbers that were available. Mm-hmm. So I had 35 forever. Yeah. Um, but uh, again, you know, like I mentioned, my dad passed away 2016 and, uh, in some way to honor him a little bit, um, while he never understood hockey all that much, he always supported me in it. Um, he was big into football. He was actually, uh, played division two, is it, uh, for university of North Dakota, okay. was an offensive lineman there. Uh, I got actually his, where is it? Here? Uh, oh, yeah. He was always really proud of this. This is a um let's see if is that going to focus on there? It is a little bit, yeah. Uh that's his ring from uh, winning the national championship in what is it 1969 here? Oh, very cool. <clears throat> anyway, they they didn't I don't think they lost a game for 2 years. Oh, cool. Anyway, so he was an offensive lineman there. His name his number was 74. So okay. the year after we started playing again. I switched my number to 74 and I'll probably wear that forever. That's my favorite number right now. That, that's a good reason. It, you know, it's a weird goalie number, but whatever. Yeah. They're changing out. When I had my college goalie coach on early on in the podcast, uh, you know, he was asking me about, you know, why are goalies going with weird numbers now? And I go, I don't know, but as long as I know the story behind it, it usually makes sense. And that, that's what I like to hear more than just what number are you? Um, yeah. Because the story behind them is the cool part. So the last question, what advice do you have for young goalies? Um, boy, I think it's the same. I, I tell every single one of the kids that I coach, I've been coaching now for like three or four, I think it's my fourth season, never give up on on any play, on anything in life. Um, just especially goalie, you just don't know what's going to happen. And you're not going to be in a position to make that save. If you, you know, if you don't start moving towards it, even when you think there's no chance in a way, you're going to get the tip of your stick on it. You're going to, you know, all those amazing saves, the highlights you can find, it doesn't start unless you, you, you don't give up Mm -hmm. Um, that that's the, yeah, I don't know. That's what I would say. And, and, uh, practice hard, like push yourself in practice. Yeah. Push yourself. Like that's how you get the third period overtime legs. That's what I tell them too. Like you're tired now into practice. How are you going to feel when it's tied three, three, we're on a penalty kill in our zone. Can't, you know, work now. Yep. Best, uh, lesson for me is I think it was my sophomore year of high school JV state playoffs because Illinois had that at so they still do but state playoffs for the JV teams uh first round we went to triple overtime and yeah legs were getting tired but 
we, we were there and somehow we, we outlasted the other team and went on to lose another game. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was one of those where I, I don't know if we just had more, more uh, left in the legs or what that game, but it, it was uh, becoming evident. Everybody was getting tired. I, I love watching any game, especially playoffs like NHL playoffs or Olympic hockey goes into multiple overtimes. I will watch that till it's done because it, it's just amazing how long and how hard they're having to push their bodies. And just, to, I, I don't know. Sometimes I wish it doesn't end because it's just like the perfect game. Nobody's scoring every, there's great chances. Yes. Uh, I remember as a kid watching, what was it? I feel like it was Florida Panthers versus, Florida, Somebody. Colorado, game three, I think. Okay, so you're remembering. It went to yeah. how many overtimes? Three overtimes, and it was a 0-0 game. And I remember my parents saying, like, you got to go to bed when this game's done. And it's like, I don't know, one, two in the morning or something. Yeah. I'm like, it's still on. They're like, fine. because <laughs> yeah, And good it, on them for honoring their word on that. But, oh, I love that. That was a crazy game. I've been lucky enough to have Ron Tugnut and Kelly Rudy on the podcast, and both of them played – multi-overtime games and I, I asked both of them like what were you doing in the locker room you know between because th- they didn't have the uh nutrition advice that we have right. now for for that kind of stuff he's like anything they could get bacon pizza oranges they, they were eating everything yeah. just to and uh, I think it was Kelly Rudy said it, it took them probably a good week to get back to normal after that oh, game I bet you know because and that was my question for Kelly was you know not just what were you doing between periods but what did you do the next day? Uh, <laughs> that's almost more important than sleep <laughs> in the game is you know what what are you doing to replenish the body and you know just get it back to normal. Um, but Sean, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Uh, we're we're going to be seeing each other at the uh, rink. I know that. Uh, what, what time are, is your game this Sunday? Uh, I, I don't know. I'd have to look. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I've got a six o'clock and a seven o'clock on, on rink six, the USA rink. So I'm looking forward. To um, that. looks like, uh, nine 30 oh. generals take on, uh, was it heart attack something or other? Oh, what fun. Yeah. The heart attacks. I love, I love the names. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So well, thank you for having me on. It was uh, it was a, it was an honor. I looked at the uh, you know I, I I hadn't up until this point. I've you know I've seen a lot of the the guests you've had on here there here and there, but I went and I looked at some, and actually I saw you had uh, was it Steve uh, McKeegan on last? Yeah, I love his channel. Actually, yeah, I've been watching it for a long time. I'm like, who am I? <laughs> who am I to be on here? But I appreciate it. Uh, this has been good. Yeah. Um, well, my. Uh, I don't know if you call it goal or what, but mission statement, I guess you could say when I started was to have goalies of all ages and skill levels. So I've had Bantam and high school goalies on, and then I've had guys like Eddie Belfour on, mm-hmm. um, who was nice enough to send me some of his whiskey, which I have to remember to bring this week. Cause I made the mistake of telling my teammates that. And they're like, so when are you going to bring that so we can sample it? It's not, yeah, I could, maybe I could come and watch your game too and sample some of that. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, <laughs> If you're, you'd have to get there more than 10 minutes before the game. <laughs> that's going to be tough. Yeah. It's not my contract. <laughs> uh, I, I'm just having visions of uh, major league when uh, the manager Lou 
uh, takes the contract and he goes, so let me read that. Throws it down on the ground and takes a leak on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lou Brown, that, that's the manager's name. God, I love that movie. My, my son plays baseball, so we reference that movie quite a bit. And back this year, he was in a bit of a hitting slump. My wife looks and she goes, do we need to get you a chicken? And he's like, what? And she's like, oh, the chicken. yeah. And, and I mean, we had just gotten home from a game. It was like eight o'clock at night. And he's like, what? And she's like, sit down. And we flipped on major because he's 13. So it'd been a while since he'd watched it. So he didn't quite remember it and watched the movie. And so then uh, next game, he's in the on-deck circle. And I shout out to him. He's like, what? And I was like, F you, Jobu. I do this myself. And he just started laughing. And sure enough, he went and got a hit. But, well, it looks like you are, you or me, I'm not sure which one of us is uh, freezing up again. So, Sean, again, thanks for being on the podcast. And uh, we'll probably see each other Sunday night at the Super Rink. A huge thank you to Sean for stepping in and ensuring we didn't skip a week of the podcast. I knew whenever I had a chance to talk to him, it'd be a great conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Sean isn't a big social media guy, but he can be found on YouTube at The Real Neon Eddie and The Himmelberger Bus. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube simply by searching for Wash Up Goalie and I'll pop up. Visit washupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content my beer league hockey video highlights, and of course, all podcast episodes. If you want some wash-up goalie or tendy talk apparel, be sure to visit my Threadless shop by clicking the merchandise link on my website. If you like this podcast, go listen to the BLPA Big Show. It's the OG BLPA Podcast Network show where a couple of beer league players talk beer league hockey, draft experience shenanigans, and exploits from around the game. Be sure to check out the full lineup of hockey-related podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network as well. There are too many lists here, but shows like the Blackhawks on Ice podcast, the Windy City Benders podcast, and the Jackets Debrief podcast can all be found. I need to thank the band The Zambonis for allowing me to use their music on the podcast. You can download their music on iTunes or listen wherever you stream music from. I'm always working on lining up other goalies to talk to. If you are a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washupgoalie39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media. Let's not forget, if you're a brand who wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk. And finally, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's a quick action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. So, until next time, keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the puck.
ask, I was just down there this morning. Yeah, any good news? Well, Dave, the pond? Yeah. It's rose right over. Alright, let's go! Yeah.